On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. What a glorious day it is on the Tall Can Audio podcast. As we welcome Rob back for the first time in, I don't know, it feels like first time in 2022. Is that about right? That's the first time since the playoffs started. All right. Which which sport? Yeah, which ones matter? Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. Make sure you give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, Matt Robinson with you in the uh, studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. As I said, alongside Rob Christie, back in the house. What's happening, man? It's awesome, man. It's a beautiful day. Unbelievable having a having a pre-show pint out on the balcony, and yeah. I don't know, man. It feels like sunny mid twenties. Lights are on. <laughs> it's novel around yeah, here. I got to tell you, we'll get into that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and it's it's great to be back. And and I've missed. Well, I was telling you, man, I haven't been in since before the the NHL playoffs started, which are now three rounds. Deep. Yeah, and uh, I missed the seventh anniversary show. Yep. Nice to see that uh, Bunda and Creed stepped in. Takes two guys to fill to the fill sh- the shoes. I knew that would be the takeaway. Yeah, yeah for sure, just... for sure it is. But uh, they filled I, in admirably between the two of them. And you know what I liked about it? I I, I think there was a couple of pints taken down during that show. There were a couple of show, uh, pints before, yes, during and after, and it felt like it. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't listen to the entire show. I listened to the beginning. It was a long one. That one hit two hours. Yeah, I listened yeah. to the end, and yeah. yeah, stuff started to get a little loose. Yep. Near the end of the show, which I like, which is really true to the vibe of this show. So thanks to both those guys. And um, Well, one of the things that was fun about that was as, as broadcasters themselves, yep. uh, they knew or, or were good enough towards the end to turn it back around, right? Yeah, they tried and then would sidetrack with stories. Sure. Because clearly, as I said, that, that was the first indication pintage yeah. had occurred. There, there was heavy pinting. Because there was, there was detours. Which some is, of that I would put back on them, right? Like, what do you guys, like, do you have a, I'm, I've, I, I've told the story a hundred times on this show. Oh, listen here. <laughs> you would swear you and I had never met the first yeah. time we did an episode. So I asked them early on, but yeah, as we were winding it down, they, they were asking, you know, you know, about the, uh, how things got started and Oof. yeah, that was just foolish. Knock it over and open it right away. Uh, no. I, I, pro guy, I flipped it. Pro I, guy. I flipped it out and I put the one I knocked over uh, okay. in behind. All right, all right. 
Um, so yeah, thanks to those guys. That was fun. Uh, we've done one or two kind of solo shows through the, the blackout. We'll get into that. But, uh, before we do, you know what we do around here, man. I, I'm sure you remember, despite how long it's been. What are we drinking today? Oh man, I am. Uh, we are. I'm you have provided today. You yeah, have I came, arrived. I came with beers. Yes. Yeah. It's. So we took down a, a, a nice double. It's the only way security lets you in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we took down pre-show a nice double dry hopped IPA from Evergreen called mm-hmm. Cobra Chicken. Yeah. Uh, there's a story behind the title, but uh, it escapes it me. Sounds a lot like choking the chicken to me, man. I, yeah. I, I, oh no, that's an anaconda chicken. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a squeeze. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the or the bite, whatever that is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The cobra is still a is still a biting. Striking. Anyways. Fair enough. Uh, I get what you're saying, yeah. and I get where you're coming from. Yep. So very clearly. There wasn't much ha- else to do with the lights in, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you, man. When the power goes out, you're like, the first time the power's out, you're like, all right, let's have a couple of drinks. Yep. And hit the sheets. Right. Oh, wait. I had COVID at that time. Yeah. So no power and no shenanigans. Hmm. This blows. Was not good. Yeah, you had or- texted me on that Saturday morning. Maybe we should get into this after we do the beer part. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyways, uh, I've moved on um, to what's some something called Clothing of the Gods, a uh, New England style mm-hmm. IPA. Yeah. Um, super delicious. I had one on Saturday in the brewery, Evergreen, out in uh, Canada slash Ditsville. Yeah. yeah. Um, delicious. Super juicy, hazy, um, and not that not that bitter. So I can get into a little bit of that after you get into your beer. I was talking to the brewmaster in the, in the brewery and it's like one of those things, you know, when you have, when, you, when somebody says, oh, do you, you know, do you speak French? And you're like, oh, I'm petit peu. And then they're like, blah, blah, blah. They're just <laughs> fucking hammer you with right. like French at full okay. speed. If I could rescind, no. I yeah. <laughs> so I'm talking to the brewmaster and I have a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. Right, like I, I I know my way around a beer rack, and I I, I understand beer types and and some of the brewing method. Mm-hmm. Well, he sees that, and then he just starts hammering me with with techniques, with details, and, and, do, and uh, yeah. honestly, like anyway. So I am drinking clothing of the gods IPA comes in at about six point one, super juicy, hazy, not that bitter. So uh, I'm loving it, super tasty. So Evergreen is one of the ones, along with Ridge Rock, that I probably hadn't tried before the pandemic started, but once everybody was delivering, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in on that. I'm going to try this stuff out. But they didn't have any of the three that you have brought today at that time. And obviously, I've tried Evergreen since then. They make really nice stuff. But uh, all three of the ones that you brought today uh, were new. Uh, this one, though, is a Black Forest Stout coming in at uh, 6.1%. Uh, I've had their brown before. I don't know if I've had a stout from them before. I know I haven't had this one, uh, but uh, yeah, 6.1% Black Forest out of uh, Evergreen. We'll give that one a go, man. So you were, yeah, you, on the Saturday, you know, I'll, I'll take a pull on this in a second, but I, I want to set you up, man. But uh, on the Saturday, you had texted to say, hey, the show is going to have to be online on Sunday because you had tested positive. And uh, come about 3.30 that afternoon... <laughs> Online was pretty much off the table yeah. as well, and certainly in person wasn't going to happen either. It was it was quite a day, man. Yeah, that nice. See, that's a solid crack right there, and I go in for a solid crack. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that was, that was, that was shitty. The whole thing. And, and I, I started having symptoms probably on the Friday, a couple, that's two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, I didn't, I tested positive Saturday morning. And so I'm like, but I, I, to me, I had symptoms of all kinds, super mild for me, super, super mild. So uh, I was fortunate, seemed to infect everybody else in my house, but <laughs> I'm that foul, fortunate. I'm that foul creature. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and everyone else seemed to get it just a little bit worse than I did. Uh, um, yep. <laughs> Well, they and got the least version, and, and that probably happened as soon as they shacked up with me. Because yep. that's that's how that works. Oh, I got always it. leave the room I with got something. A, I got a little worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was man power outage and COVID. Well, that's so, it. Half the fun of COVID is you stay home and you watch Netflix or yeah. whatever. So try having no power, yeah, no internet, no cable, nothing. So nothing to do, and really nothing to do. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, on the Saturday, I went over, uh, I texted our buddy Ty and said, when you guys are done dinner, you know, it's pretty dark in this building. You want to have a pint in your backyard where at least there's a little whatever. And he goes, dinner's been delayed. I'm barbecuing burgers if you want. And you would have seen like those Looney Tunes where the cloud of dust is left behind. <laughs> the, the, the guy is stationary, but the feet are going like a little, like a little, like a little tornado. And then the, the hole in the door, the shape of the body. Yeah. So I was over there for that. When I came back about 8.30, 9 o'clock that night, they were still saying on the Hydro Ottawa website, you know, I'll probably have you back up around 10 PM. I was like, fine. Uh, as you said, you know, you could just hit the sheets. You could, whatever I decided I'd. I'm just going to do a pod sitting out here on the, on the balcony. Uh, I was drinking a beer called, uh, given the circumstances and, uh, it seemed to fit the occasion pretty nicely. And, uh, it wasn't until I guess Sunday morning got up and, and you were starting to see pictures then from seriously, no more than two blocks from here Yeah, going, Hmm, I can see why it wasn't 10 p- and, and that was not a wise usage of the battery power in my devices yeah. that I had. When you think it's coming back up at 10 PM, who cares, right? You, you blow through whatever turns out. No, you're going to be more like nine, 10 days. Uh, not a lot of fun, man. Yeah. And you got yours on three days. I was three days out. Yeah. Um, and again, so that's three days with can't leave my house. Right. Can't do anything. No. Nope. And, and like, honestly, God, you're like. I have nothing to charge my phone with. No. Um, And it's really, at this point, you go, where do you find the thing where you go, okay, I now need to use whatever battery power I have left to tell somebody else I have no battery power. Do you have any kind of... Yeah, you choose very carefully what you're... This is it. Yeah. And And I'm on Twitter... And I'm checking out what's happening. Yeah. Hydro Ottawa's tweeting out what they can. And yeah. And I'm, and I'm on the Hydro Ottawa totally site. Rationally and- yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny because so three days without, without power, uh, I didn't have a pile in my fridge. I didn't lose a lot. Um, but I was six days also without internet and cable. Right. So it's even once the power came on, you're like, fuck. Well, I said that to you when you told me that your power had come back on, but not your cable. I was like, I really hadn't considered that possibility <laughs> that like, what do I give a shit about having power? Yeah. Well, if there's I, nothing to do with it. Well, cause I could still shower. Yes. So in, in a home, I still had hot water, right? As long as the, the, the pilot light is lit in my, in my hot water heater. Yeah. So I still had hot water. I was showering every day. 
Um, oh, stepped it up during the blackout, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single day, sometimes twice, man. Um, but yeah, I'm barbecuing for the first couple of days. Uh, so it wasn't too bad, but yeah, you miss, yes, you, you miss the Wi-Fi. You miss the, the ability to watch TV. Just sure. to, just to, if, if you tell anybody, Hey, you got an evening to yourself, you know, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch the Jays game or I'm going to watch a, a, a movie I love, right? Yep. Oh, you can't do that either. No. It's You're pitch just black. sit in the fucking dark. Yeah, so <laughs> all three nights, right, we had a couple of beers, a couple of drinks, you know? Yep. Went through a little bit of whiskey. and Camping. Uh, yeah, and you just sort of in bed by 10.30. And... Well, that was the worst part of it sitting over here is I found a uh, an old Walkman, like AM, FM style radio in the back nice. of my closet. Cassette I, or CD? Neither. Just radio, man. Just oh, radio. Man. Didn't even have the cassette on it. And I used to enjoy, uh, I would take it to the Jays games and get a little commentary going yeah. and, uh, during the game, or I took it down to the Winter Classic in Detroit. And so I found that, and it had battery power, and the fucking Blue Jays are out west. So... Anaheim. Games aren't starting until 10, 10, 30. It's been dark since quarter to nine. I'm in bed, right? Like, I'm not waiting around. Sheets up to my chin. Like, just one of those things where you go, well, at least at seven o'clock, you could throw on the ch-. Nope, not this time. Like, didn't work out that way. Like, just these weird little things where you'd kind of go, at least this will help make it tolerable. They're like, no, not this time. Well, and, and to me, you and I trading texts, you're like, yeah, the irony of yes. the local provider is yep. 1310 News. Yep. And... Because of the fucking blackout, we're covering the blackout with extra... That was, I know! I'm yeah. in the black! <laughs> yes, exactly. That was on the first day, I think, on the Sunday. I don't remember whether they were at home or on the road at that point, but... St. Louis. Yeah, uh, St. Louis was Monday and Tuesday, I think, but it doesn't matter. Um, on the Sunday, yeah, you tune in because the power's out, and so, well, at least I'll listen to the Jays game in the afternoon. The thing that's driven you to the radio yeah. is the thing that is stopping that radio station from now covering the Well, we're going to go live to another place in town where there's no power. Like, I get it. Yeah. Could you just tell me what Bo just did? Right? Yeah. Like, Would you like me yeah. screaming out my window telling you exactly how I feel? It's still dark here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. And that's Matt on Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it took a while to get better. Um, my sister... Lives uh, downtown, and uh, she unfortunately was out of town for a week, or at least that's what she told me. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. She needs to suffer like the rest of us. Well, I meant unfortunately as in I couldn't go there and, uh, uh, you know, use her place and, and at least charge some shit up and grab a shower you or whatever. You want to take it. Yeah. And uh, she rolled back in on Sunday, and um, I texted her and said, like, I'll be waiting at your door with... A large load she of laundry. Up and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so she went and asked her neighbor when she got back. She's like, because she wanted to know about her freezer. Like, how long was ours out? And I'm like, oh, it didn't go out at all. Yeah. Like, fuck. So you're sitting out here. <laughs> yeah. People in the people in the core. <laughs> yeah. Didn't lose it at all. Nope. And there people two blocks from me. Yeah. Didn't lose it at all. No, there was a lot of that going around. Like one street completely black, the next just partying going on, yeah. Taco Bell's up and running. Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. doing Taco Bell tonight, 100%, yeah. man. <laughs> I, the, the second night, I guess it was, I jumped on Uber Eats to order dinner. I'm like, there's nothing open. Like, yeah. 
anything was like you could get like a and w from like orleans like it'll be there in 55 minutes because yeah. like this half of the city there's was a 40 dollar surcharge yeah. for gas and whatever else <laughs> for sure at that point you were just like i'll take it yes <laughs> for sure man 40 <laughs> seems easy uh, the only disappointing part it wasn't even the cold meal it was the fact that the beverage was warm by then because I was looking to dunk some rum in it and I was sick of warm rum and Pepsi's by then. Oh, <laughs> could you send me a cup of ice? Right. No. No. How about a cup of lukewarm water? <laughs> Got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of fun, ma'am. But uh, yeah, but um, I think Monday night, late Monday night, I guess is when mine came back. I'm trying to remember Monday or Tuesday night. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a scene. Yeah, and, well, and being two blocks basically from ground zero again, right? Like the tornado blasted right through this section in 2018. Yeah, well, Steve Lloyd, <laughs> friend yeah. of the show, yeah. he gave you a shout out on the, uh, he came back on Thursday, like, whatever it was, just yeah, the he, day he before was, you. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, you know what? You have that kind of survivor's, you know, guilt or whatever it is. Like now he was, he had a tree. He had a tree house. fall through his goddamn roof. Yeah. yeah. But he's saying, you know, he's like, yeah, Matt over at Tall Can, he's one block over from me and he still has no power. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you, you want to kind of do the Chuck Berry, I got power, baby, yes. I'm back. Oh, he tweeted out a gift. that was just like lasers going off all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Power. But it's, it's the idea. Now it's, it's interesting. And I think we can all relate to this in some way. He said he had, it, it came on in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So he got up and he's like, fuck yeah. yeah, cut the generator power and everything up. And then half an hour of power, bam, it all yeah. goes out again. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Cause that is, Hey, you want this? You want this? Yeah. Here you go. Give you just a tease. Psych! Just the tip, just for a second, just oh, to see how it feels. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't had that negotiation a time or two? It's all I got. Yeah. Just the tip. Forget about it. Yeah, no, we were trading texts quite a bit throughout this being as, you know, geographically uh, as close as possible. And, and yeah, his went back down. It went back down again on Friday, um, as did a certain part of Maryville. And so I texted him and said, you know, still have it over here for whatever that's worth to you, right? Like, yeah, it was. It's not. Well, just in terms yeah, know, of how much of the neighborhood might <laughs> yeah. be up, might be down. Yeah, it was. I don't know, man. It was a bit of a scene. Um, oh, it's a scene, man. What did. Uh, just on the tail end of it, we had a provincial election, and whether you lived in an area of Ottawa with with or without power or not seemed to be pretty much irrelevant. Nobody showed up. Uh, we set an all-time low in terms of percentage of people who showed up to actually vote, and uh, it's left us with another Dougie Fresh majority for another four years. Increased seats for the PCs? Yeah, that's what everybody needed to see. Um, but I'm, I got to tell you, I'm blown away and maybe I shouldn't be, but, but by the apathy, like 20% down from 2018, uh, 2018 in terms of number of people who voted and that's across the board. Like he, he's got his majority, but it's not like he wowed his people into coming out in force either. For sure. It was, he's got 18% of the electorate and it was enough to get him a majority. What like a gong show, a man. A serious majority. Yes. Yeah. And you know what it is? Uh, I obviously voted. Yeah. Um, all three major party leaders sucked. Like yep. if you could. It, well, two of them got flushed that night. 
Yeah. Thank you. You're out. Well, one didn't even win. Del Duca didn't even win his no. own riding. You're fired. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so there was the, the apathy starts with a two years of the pandemic and with the way inflation is right now, shit going through the roof. People don't jump from the horse they are on to the next one. They got other shit to worry about. And you had three leaders, the two ones who were looking to, you know, upset the interim. Mm -hmm. They all sucked. There was nobody, nobody generating any kind of momentum. No. Nobody, like, it was apathy from the pulpit. Yeah. I... I'm not surprised he won. I'm surprised with how low the, the turnout was. He was big time benefited by the pandemic. If, if, if that seems possible. Well, because he bungled it at every fucking turn. Yeah. Well, I think at the beginning. At the beginning, all he did was defer to Kathleen uh, or uh, Freeland. Yeah. Not Kathleen. I was going to say Kathleen win and he did not defer yeah, to her. No. Um, um, Krista Freeland. And just go, we're on team Canada, right? We're going to, and we'll, we'll do whatever yeah. the feds say we should do. And, and that had a certain appeal to it, but this province spent more time locked down than any other province or like any other jurisdiction in North yeah. America. And it wasn't because they were overly cautious. It's because they kept waiting Reactive. until shit was on fire. Yeah. And then you have to lock everything down. It was a, I, I don't understand what the appeal of this guy is. He dropped out of high school to sell drugs and he's been handled with kid gloves ever since. And as long as he doesn't fall through a fucking coffee table like a cartoon, everybody's like, well, that's about as good as you can expect. He's got my vote. What the fuck? Yeah. I, it's, if, if you have, if you are two opposition leaders and you can't make hay on the bungling of the pandemic and the reactive nature of the Ford government where they paid no attention to the science table. Right. If you can't make hay, you do not deserve. No. To be in power. I did not vote conservative, no. but I'm just saying. You had to hold your nose to vote for either of the other two for parties. For sure going, you did. Fuck. And that's all I'm saying is if you can't make hay in this situation. Yeah. You are not deserving in any way. And so. But this guy. He fucked over your kids in school. He fucked over your grandparents in long-term care homes. He fucked over teachers and nurses. He, like, yep. how does anybody turn around and go, yeah, more of that, please. And yet here we are. And he didn't get more people. He got 18% of the population. Yeah. And it was enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking with seats. I know you are. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just. Yeah. I'm I, baffled. I, I Yeah. Well, I think, I think we all understood that there was this huge wave of apathy rolling, that an election was not front of mind for most people. Right? Well, and he seemed to be right, like, again, for the second election in a row, did not put it a platform, did not say, here's what we're going to do. Well, he's not how. doing it. No, of course not. He's not. He's got nothing. And also um, told his minions, whatever, don't speak to the media, don't meet the populace, don't show up in many cases to the debates. You can only hurt yourself. What are you supposed to do with that? How do no, you vote for I, that? I know, but I'm just saying clearly you, you, you got the cards he, that are. But he was right. Yeah, of course what I'm saying. Is, I know. Is 
I can see the way this is going. I can read the tea oh, leaves. Oh boy, we're bad at this. And we stink. Like, yeah, and you're like, don't speak. Don't, don't show speak. up. Do not go to the debate. Don't talk to the media. They're gonna make you. They're gonna ask you questions. You might have you to can answer. Only her. You know, it's, it's like my dad has said forever, right? You can be the smartest person in the room until you open your mouth mm-hmm. and prove everybody wrong. That guy right there looks smart. Yeah. And then so, he turns around and that I, Logan Mayu pick was a good one. You're like, oh, oh that no, guy. No, it was not a good pick. And no, we all knew it at the time. Right. Um, what happened to the good old days? The good old days when we as Ontarians could, could look at the Scott Moe's of the world or the Jason Kenny's or the Ralph Klein's Oof. of the world and go, Look at you losers. Idiots. (laughs) (laughs) You suck. Right. Oh, wait, no. No, we suck. We suck. And you get the government you deserve. Yeah. Sad. We did. We We got it right here. Is there anything, because I I do, I've bought it for a while. I sort of understood it as as a checks and balances, as a pendulum thing. For a long time, if the liberals were in power federally, Ontario would vote conservative provincially and vice versa. And I bought that in 2018 and we were sort of riding this wave of, of populism anyway on, and you know, with Trump and everything that was yeah, going worldwide. on. And so I kind of went, well, maybe what, but here we are again. And I, is this in your mind, is there any tie left to Justin and the federal liberals or is this just enough people? And I just don't fucking care right now. Yeah. No, the numbers show yeah. the numbers show yeah. that this is just a bunch of people saying right now, not front of mind. And yeah, I know it will be, I know. And you have this and it comes up all the time, right? In terms of voter apathy and you have people who don't have the vote in other countries who, who would die to, to legitimately remove 38% or or, voted or put in. And, and here you have people who, who've had the right forever and they take it for granted. Just don't want it. Don't care. Well, they don't care. It's, 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 you know, you have people saying, ah, my vote doesn't matter. Uh, to me, if nothing else, I wanted my vote to count in the total vote. Right. Right. If my candidate didn't get in, I wanted it to reflect in the popular vote at the end, whatever it is yep. that enough people feel this way. Right. I don't care. You can do all the reports about building new highways and shit. Fuck. I want to know about education and I want to know what you're doing to reform, uh, Long-term home, you know. Yep, care, long-term care. Long-term care homes. Autism families. I want to know what's happening there. These, education and healthcare, huge provincial platforms. We're going to privatize them both. Okay, see? And that's not what I want to see. No. And so that's where my vote lies. And so, yeah, I, I am saddened by the whole thing. Uh, speaking of, well, maybe before we go any further, speaking of stuff that won't make us sad, I'm going to guess this week who's been on once before, but has never been in studio. Uh, the big boss man from over at TSN 1200, John Rotenberg is going to be uh, on the show. Middle the of the JR. Week. The JR. Yeah. Jim Ross. Good old JR. As Marion Hosa would say, I'm on with the JR. Oh, okay. That's something just for you locals. Yeah. That, uh, I'm not recognizing, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, he was on in, uh, January or February, 2021, but it was all done, uh, remotely. And, uh, at this point I'm putting it out there, despite it being at 90% confirmed, <laughs> he's coming on. Uh, it was more so we have to confirm a time, but, uh, we're going to touch base Monday and yeah, look for him later on this week. Uh, lots we can talk about with him, uh, around this market or, uh, the sports media business right now. And, uh, just in general, 
he wants to come in, see the studio that uh, keeps getting compared so favorably to his. Everyone keeps raving about He's going to love it. Yeah. So uh, the one that gets compared so favorably to the one he's running down at TSN 1200, I wonder, he may not be so charitable, but... Uh, but we'll see. So look for uh, Jim Rodenberg from uh, TSN 1200. John later. Rodenberg. Yep. Look for John Rodenberg <laughs> of uh, TSN 1200 later on this week. Or not, now that I've called him Jim yeah. right hey, there. And the other thing, before we segue into something else, I'm not sure you've touched on the pint. Oh. Uh, you know what? I think when you said Black Forest. You were is, thinking cake. Yeah. But I think this is about as close as you would have got. Like, this has got that kind of, I don't know, to me it has like a light pastry kind of like it's not overwhelming with that it's not heavy with that but mm. there's something i'm getting kind of black forest cake like from it okay it's not, it's kind of it's kind of smooth yeah yeah no it's true man i'm enjoying it obviously you've tried it i have tried it what do you think no i liked it a lot yeah i liked it a lot and as i said to you pre-show i was looking to bring you the um they have something called the three barrels the bourbon barrel aged stout right uh comes in the small can because they uh they don't want to they don't want to hurt you. They don't want to hurt anybody here with that, but it was it was stout with a nice it was almost like a like an Irish car bomb. Okay. Right where you throw a little whiskey in your stout yeah. and you pound it back with That'll a little Bailey's on the top. Now, hey now. Yeah. So grab you by the haunches. Right down. Yeah. So, anyways, good stuff going on there right at the moment over at Evergreen. As we sit here right now, your Jays trailing 5-1, to one, the Minnesota Twins, but uh, have been on a bit of a run. They went uh, eight in a row um, and moved themselves from kind of middling around when we had Arden's Welling on there a week or so ago, uh, maybe a little more than that, to you know being about 10 games over 500. And it's really been the bats that have started to come alive and in some cases just start to be rewarded for what they've been doing for a while. Uh, some interesting stuff happening at catcher. The Jays are second in the in the majors with production out of their catching position. Alejandro Kirk is up over 300 here in the last six, eight weeks, which is incredible. Um, Danny Jansen has basically just decided, I'm just going to turn and crush anything that you pitch me inside and pull it out into left field. That's going pretty well. Vladdy's got it going, uh, started got it going on a bit. Bo's got Ish. it going again. Um what are you seeing out of the Jays, man? Because it's a bit of a different story from the last time you were in. Yeah, and and really it was right from the first week when you, uh, just preseason you had Dan Shulman on and and I was looking for them to be sort of four or five games above 500 mid-May. You and he, and, and he had said, you know, if they're right around 500, because they had played, <clears throat> excuse me, in that Anaheim series at the end of that, Toronto had already played 23 teams with a 500 or better record. 23 games. Well, they had not yet, yet 20, seen 23 teams. Yeah, yeah, 23 games, you're right. Yeah. Um, of Versus the Yankees with 12. Well, even coming into this weekend series, the Blue Jays are number two in terms of hardest schedules, dif- schedule difficulty. The Yankees and Rays are at 24 and 26. Yeah. And those are the only teams kind of in the mix with you in this division right now. Right, and so... Um, when you look at that and you go, I don't think up until maybe that St. Louis Anaheim swing a week ago, yeah, man, scuffling, scuffling. When you looked at the batting averages, Oof. you had between Espinal, Kirk, and the only guys hitting above 250. Yeah. At that time, Vladdy, I think, was above 250. Now, early in that in the White Sox series, 
late last week, he was at 250. Right. And and it is worth noting, as, as Arden pointed out on the show, everybody is down across baseball. But even in that context, the Jays were performing below expectation, at least up until the last few weeks. Right. You have Chapman below 200. You had, it was just <clears throat> Tay Oscar. Everything was just. He looks like he's coming around too, which wow. is great. Nice to see a triple. You don't see that every day. Man, and watching that guy go, yeah. it was awesome. But it's yeah. An antelope. It is, it is starting to come, right? We'll see what happens with Ryu now back on the. Looks like that's going to be at least a few weeks. And so Stripling's going to step in, but it was nice to see Mazes back. Mm-hmm. They're expecting to, to run him back out. Uh, Pearson looks like he may not be that far away. Right. Help is coming. Uh, my boy, Merriweather. <laughs> I keep, I keep, I love his stuff. Yeah. You love the way it goes. They just don't trust him, eh? Well, because he doesn't know where it's going either. <laughs> he I doesn't think, give right? you a lot of reason to trust him. Right. And so. They've used him a couple times in leverage because they've had to, and it they don't love it. They have also used him a couple of times when they're down to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and just trying to work it out. Get out there. You know, he's been down in Buffalo for a bit. Um, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that, uh. Things are starting to come, right on on that front. You, you can't stay that with with the hitters they have, no, right. Like and you've said it, right. They've started to move Espinal around. Kirk looks like for a guy who he just seems to not Short swing little fat it. buddy. Yeah, LFB. Yeah, he seems to not swing at bad pitches a lot. And no, just and it's I don't know how he makes it around the bases as a little D battery, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's it's crazy, right? And 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 if Bichio comes around, and if he can hit you two forty and walk a ton like he does, because he's got a great eye, yeah, he just doesn't have a great bat. I don't know bat. what to expect out of him at this point. I think they've. I think I he think, is. I think he is what he is. Right I think now. a lot of pitchers have learned you don't have to walk walk that guy. <laughs> like, don't let him sit there and look at everything. Just attack him, and he'll find a way to get himself out. And yeah, I don't know. He's, had a, he's come up with a couple big hits uh, here in the last week or so. Here, yeah. And, and, if, and if, if he walks or if he gives you a one for four night and you can play him first when Vladdy's going to DH, mm-hmm. you can look the other night when they needed a, when Chapman got hit in the head yep. and you got to flip Espen all over, you move Bijou over to second. He can play in the outfield if you need him. So I, I think at this point, when you looked at Bo, so Bichette, Guerrero, and, and Bijou as those as the, as the triplets coming up, yeah, it's it's clear to see that that Kevin Biggio the is twins well. and their special little brother. This is it, right? <laughs> it's Danny. He's the Danny DeVito. That it's not gonna. He's not gonna pan out. To, I was actually gonna hit him with one of the Baldwin's there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're not Alec, that's for sure. Or, or Steven. Steven. That, right. that so, makes you Howard. <laughs> Larry Baldwin. <laughs> um, that Biggio is not gonna be the all star that the other two are. No. But to me, he is gonna be. That that utility guy that you can play everywhere, and he, he can he can hit you somewhere in that seven eight nine spot. The thing that's in uh, has been alarming to me is the number. I guess it's not really in their control, other than hoping that they'd blow more teams out. They've played more one and two run games than anybody else, and fifteen you're, or sixteen. Their bullpen is being just taxed to hell. It's always in high leverage. Um, you know, several weeks ago, you and I talked about uh, Jordan Romano's save count versus uh, Vladdy's home run total, and and Romano 
still has the uh, the lead right well, now, well, I, but his shoulder's about to fall off if he has to continue. Yeah, but at this it was pace. nice. It was nice to see late last week, Thursday, whatever it was, the final White Sox game, where they're up by a run or they're up by two going into the ninth, and, and Romano's up and he's warming up. Yep. And it happened again Saturday where again, he created and they a bunch blew him of up distance. And they sat him down and yes. you're like, Psh, perfect. You need to see that more often. But right now there are so many innings being asked of, of Romano and of Simber and even of Phelps, who's come off this major surgery and he's on the tail end of his career. Like you're asking a lot of these guys right now. Yeah, but Phelps has got that old man kind I guess of so. wily approach That's to what it. you're hoping for. Yeah. I just think you're going to have to find... Like the the days that this offense does explode for a pile of runs are the same days that you give up a pile and you still find yourself in a one run goddamn game, except it's nine, eight instead of three, two. And there's just been no breaks, right? And and this pace for these high leverage arms is not sustainable. You're not going to get through it unless you go out and find a couple more to help you or stop playing in so many well, Mesa, Mesa and Pearson coming back, I think. Uh, well, Mesa will matter. I don't know how much, again, I think Pearson's behind Merriweather right now. Like, he's going to have to show in AAA that he's yeah, yeah. worth yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I agree with how you much one, you trust that guy. 100%. But He may be looking at the Stripling role, because Stripling's now, if Ryu's going to be out for several weeks, you know, you need kind of a long man in the bullpen who could open if you needed him to. Like your, yep. your depth is being tested here yep. a little bit and, and they don't have a ton of it on the pitching side. All your interesting arms. Well, and Thornton is back. Yeah. No, I know, <laughs> but I, I just mean in terms of innings. Yeah. Right. And whether you're down a couple. Uh, all the, all their interesting arms are down at double or, or single A, right? They don't have much at triple A ready to, to push through. Hatch has not been very good yet. Um, there's not a lot else down there. A little right tease now. in the 60 game season, a eh? hatch, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Whoa, that guy! That's that's enticing." And then yep. you, you just haven't well, seen out of it. The pen, <laughs> I guess, nope. was a little easier. To yeah, I know, it. and that and that's one of those things, right? And and what is the, what is the what's the mindset of a guy who who you look at it and go, clearly all the money is at premier reliever or starter, yep. or starter and premier reliever, right? Yeah, closer, setup guy. But all the money is there, and you go, okay, but... I don't want to be the innings eater in the sixth. This is it, because guess what? That seems like a $2 million job. At most, yeah. Yeah, so when they say to you, hey, you're going to be that high leverage guy, you're going to be an eighth inning guy, maybe a seventh or eighth, right? Mm-hmm. The late inning guy. Man, I'm seeing I'm seeing dollar signs with a dash in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, fuck, I can't, I, I, what's happening here, right? It's yeah. got to be a, it's got to be an interesting a blow for, for a young guy, right? And, and Pearson with all the, yeah, all he the was going to be a top of the rotation guy. Now you're not sure if he's even going to be a bullpen guy. One, two, for sure. One, two guy. And now you're like, okay, do we hope. Can you just ma- get somebody out? Do like, we hope that maybe he can be an eight guy? Like, right. a, it's, yeah. bring him in in late innings, shut it down. But I am encouraged Encouraged yeah, all by, this at 31 and 21 right now, right? Like, right. Just, just exactly to say that, um, I don't think they've really started to, to click. Right. Nope. And you look at, at Berrios the other day after that shitty outing in Anaheim last week. Gives come, up two home runs in the first. And you're like, here we go. Yeah. And to go, okay, 13 strikeouts and, Career high. and you're in, you're into the seventh and yep. you're like, thank, Hey, all right. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> right. And so. Uh, Gossman, they're talking about guys, you know, teams starting to, he, he's pitching today down 5-1 at this point. Yeah. That the 
people are starting to sit on that split, all right? Yep. Getting a little bit of an idea of what's happening there. And so we'll see. With Kikuchi, to me, is always hit and miss. Yep. Uh, Manoa, stone cold killer. Yep. And Barrios, you sort of get a little bit of, uh, I'm, I'm dominant today. I'm scuffling. Like that Anaheim game on the Sunday last week, I thought through, through the first inning or two innings, you're like, this has 10-9 written all over yes. it. And then it ended up being 13-12 or 12-11. Yeah, 12, you underestimated 11. it. Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> but it had that feeling like the ball's carrying, right? On an Anaheim sunny Sunday afternoon, right? Right. That ball is is moving. So I, I, I'm interested to see where the arms are at because I think from, from here out, I think we're going to see better hitting. So we'll see if... Get the balls out of the humidor. Yeah, it's well, not, and, uh, and again, when you, you it's it, not even code for <laughs> two, yeah, two or three weeks ago, right? There was all the talk. Every pitcher was complaining about the grip on the ball and the, the batters f- talking about it just dying at the yeah. Well, that's, I, I'm saying that too. Yeah, sorry, I had too much to drink. I got, <laughs> I got, I got more. There's more starch in this bat. I guarantee Your it. Swing is so pretty. Yes. <laughs> Lots more to get to here. We'll we'll touch on the Stanley Cup playoffs here in a couple minutes. But first, let's hit on what's going on right now with the Canadian men's national team because uh, as of Friday, they had refusing they had refused to take the field for a practice session that occurred again on Saturday. And all of this is over money. It's always about money, and uh, and rightfully so. They were scheduled, and it looks like here on Sunday afternoon they will take on Panama. Hello, friends. Just jumping back in here quickly after the fact. It turns out Canada will not play Panama on Sunday night. Uh, They remain, I guess if you want to call it this, on strike. Uh, They have not resolved their differences with uh, Canada Soccer and the Canadian Soccer Association on how much of that $10 million stipend they will receive before tax, after tax, everything that goes into that. So they will not play Panama. And uh, the rest of this conversation is still relevant in terms of what this is doing to the buzz around the uh, Canadian men's soccer team. But not anything good for your reputation, right? You have now cancelled a match with Iran that, um, while you never should have scheduled, you did schedule in good faith. And now you have invited Panama to uh, to come to Vancouver, which they did, and you have cancelled that matchup as well. You're not doing much to enhance your reputation, right, around... Uh, around your program and and whether you're trustworthy, whether you can be counted on, uh, it's not a good look for uh, for Canada soccer and and everything that's going on right now. Um, you know how this all plays out remains to be seen, but uh, they won't play Panama. Their reputation continues to take a hit here, and this is also uh, reputation aside. You want to be playing these games. You want to play Panama, right? Even though it's not a team that is in the World Cup, you want to play as many games as you can, get guys together and, and play these games as much as you can as you prepare for the World Cup and you have passed that opportunity up as well. So not a good look for the players right now. I sort of understand why they're doing it, but it has been damaging both to them and to uh, the program's reputation. But um, what happens is, as, as we set the table for this a little bit, when you make the World Cup, FIFA gives each competing team a bit of a you know, a bonus or a, a stipend or whatever. And it appears like for Canada, it would have been about $10 million. And there's been some varying reports here on how much people are asking for. And Rick Westhead is normally rock solid on on his reporting there for TSN. Uh, initially, he had put out that Soccer Canada 
uh, Canada Soccer, I guess, actually, is um, was offering them about 10% of that $10 million, and the players were asking for about 40%. Uh, Canada Soccer, since, was uh, contacted Rick Westhead and said, we believe your reporting is incorrect. So this is their side of the story. The players are asking for more like 70%, and they were offering 60%, but to be split between the men and the women. That's an interesting point that we can get to in a minute, because for a long time, the women have carried the mail for Canada soccer here. Uh, but this all kind of ties together to something that I talked about a week or so ago when I did the, the solo show here, when they had scheduled a match with Iran, canceled that match out of outrage because of the you know, shit that's gone on between Canada and Iran since the... Just a uh, poor optics period. Yeah, and there was a, you know, the flight that got shot down and killed 85 Canadians and permanent residents. So that gets canceled. And this kind of great run that the Canadian men's national team had been on and building all this goodwill and holy crap, look what they're doing through the qualifying process and they're going to go to the, the World Cup. And it just seems like for the last month or so, they've been bogged down in shit. And I'm not blaming the players right now for saying we want a cut of of whatever's about to come in in terms of, of bonuses. But man, it just feels like this feel-good story now can't get out of its own way. They keep running into some PR bullshit here. Yeah, it's it's like the bubble has burst. Yeah. it's like you, you Back to business. Yeah, you couldn't imagine how good this story was, right? This team that was ranked in the 80s mm-hmm. in January or whatever it was, right? And just went on this run and... And people who were not soccer fans, uh, me, I'm still a couple honest. of us here, yeah, yeah. But you're like taking notice. You're watching Mexico versus Canada in Edmonton, right. or wondering what's happening with the Canada Costa Rica game, sure, right? And and when is that clinch going to come? And 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 then the feel good story in Hamilton, I think it was Hamilton, yep. where they where they finally clinched, and and just how everybody was like, oh my god. I'm supposed to care about this. And then, yeah, it's been nothing but, I think the idea when they went, oh, well, 400 grand was what they were earmarking to give to Iran. Yeah. Right? That was money that, but they're like, yeah, now with that money, you can't get a better friendly because Brazil's not coming for that. Germany's not coming. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's So this idea of compensation for national teams that... I'm like, what? It was it was a bit of a Yeah, to get people to come, you typically pay their expenses, yeah. you give them a bit of a stipend and yeah. like you said, the big guys aren't coming. Um So totally it, naive on my part. And Iran was willing to come here because they're in a group with UK and US and they had sort of determined Canada plays kind of like the US, that would be a yeah. good prep for us. And Canada was very similar. They had decided Iran plays a bit like Morocco right. and that would be a good tune up for us. Oh, but Iran murdered 85 Canadians and we didn't consider yeah. that part. Yeah. And it's, it's bad luck. How you did not consider it, I am not entirely sure. Right. But yeah, they were looking for somebody who, who can compete in a similar fashion. And then if you look at it, they play Panama, Curacao, and then I believe Honduras. That's correct. So teams... Well, those second two are part of <clears throat> league, yeah, yeah. league play. I know, but you have swapped out a Iran. legitimate World Cup team. Yep. Number one in Asia. For teams that are not. 
That's right. And, and it's so it's just another bad look all the way down the line, right? And so this idea that money is being fought over in terms of compensation, and you're talking about flights and hotels and shit, and you're like, ah. Well, so this is one of the other things that was talked about is typically the National, the national Federation uh, will award or give each team member kind of six or eight tickets and help them get their families over there for the World Cup. Canada was going to give each of their players two tickets and no help with flights or whatever. So all of this stuff is very kind of Bush League, right? Like in comparison, if you want to be one of the big boys at the world, which obviously Canada is not, but if you want to carry yourself like one, like even little things like... You got to get there first though. But like a new kit, right? Like how many people right now would be excited to go and buy the Canadian kit, yeah. right? The the soccer jersey and the patches and everything that goes with it this, for this world. They're not doing it. You're not seeing it anywhere. You're not seeing big sponsors line up like I think I thought. Like I think I thought. Like I thought they would going into this. I, I expected this to carry very nicely and for these guys to start to become a bigger and bigger deal and be in more Tim Hortons commercials and stuff. You're just not seeing it. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I struggle with it, right? I, I the the two sides of it are, you can't tell me Alfonso Davies can't. He doesn't need that money. And so maybe, some of his teammates. Maybe, We're talking about splitting four million dollars after or before tax between thirty three guys. Yeah, it's not I, nothing, but I, it's it, not. It, it's not nothing, and and I I look at the whole thing and go, I played on a national team for nothing, right? And and so. You got paid what you were worth. <laughs> yep. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And all I'm saying is, is I think for so many people, it's this idea that we all piss on Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. and, and we have no idea what's happening in the back channels behind all this. I'm going to compete for Canada or I'm not going to compete for Canada. And this idea that I'm going to throw all in and we're just going to, for love of country and love of the idea, we're going to go. And if I make 25 million euros, then I, I, but I still need eight tickets provided to me. I get it, man. That not every, not all 33 are. Yeah. You got some plan for TFC and 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 whatever. yeah, Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. I'm just, to me at the end of the day, when you say, I get both sides of it, right? You want the Federation to be big time. And your Federation is not coming off as big time. Right. But they've never been big time. No. And, and so you gotta, and this is part of the, the, the growing process. I'm learning from this. I'm, I'm going to move forward. And so I don't begrudge the players at all, but I just, I hate to hear about it on the national team, right? To me, this is as a pro where I make my living and I earn my money. I'm going to get every dollar. Yeah. To me, when you're representing your country, it can't be all about the dollar. That's my opinion. One of the things you're seeing in the replies of a bunch of the articles and the tweets and comments and whatever is, why would the the women's team be entitled to any cut of this after, you know, the Canadian men finally make it through? And I think this is a failure by, partly by our sports media, but by people who watch to understand how much of a joke the men's team has been for how long. And the women's team was the one bringing in the money. They could go abroad. They could play good teams. They qualified for women's world cups. They win Olympic medals. This is the first time. Yes. 
This is the first time we've seen in a very long time that the men's team, you know, no one is predicting them to win a World Cup, but that they're even going to go to it. And so you have to be aware of the fact that there was a chunk. We don't know how much, but there was a chunk of what the women brought in for the last 10, 20, I don't know, however many years that went to keeping that men's team afloat, even if it was just in terms of paying coaches and administrative fees and stuff like that. And so now you get this kind of windfall of $10 million coming from FIFA for qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy to suggest that some of that's going to get kicked into the women's program. Because you know the dollar values are not the same. No. There is not a correlation between Canadian women qualifying for a, a FIFA World Cup. And so, again, as somebody who's been on a national team where the women were were ranked higher internationally than we were, man, we went to training camps and tournaments where we had to siphon off the women. Right. We were, we were in the sidecar. After side they're car. done training, yeah. you can have their gym. And yeah. Can... What's left of their buffet. <laughs> yeah. But it happens. Yep. It happens all over in all kinds of federations, right? That For sure. That you you need to sort of sometimes you need to siphon a bit of cash off to help the other side, and in in, in these two cases, you're looking at where the women were better for for years, decades. Yeah. Do you expect then that this is going to become a lasting PR problem, or is this one of those things where we'll sort it out? They're taking their stand, they'll get their chunk, and we can get back to this being the happy-go-lucky build towards the World Cup that everyone wants it to be, or is this going to be a stain for a while? Uh, uh, to me, it's a, it, it's a bit of a stain, but they haven't played for a while. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it is this, this idea. They're going to play Panama tonight. Right. If they come out, beat Panama, maybe everybody's excited again. Right? They go right. out and they, they draw Panama or they lose to Panama. Right. Right. It, it, it becomes a bit of a, Hey, a you're Friday practice. Yeah. Or, or, or Friday, <laughs> Saturday, whatever it is. And, and, I, I'm and, with you. I'm and with it you. becomes the the negative momentum mm-hmm. that's taken away from forward progress, right? And John Herdman said it himself. Every second this team can be together on 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 the pitch is beneficial. And you've just pissed away two opportunities yep. for them to be all together and and and, and practice. Because practice is really where shit comes together. It's true, man. We're talking not, about practice. Yeah. And if you're an MVP like Allen Iverson, <laughs> hey man, fine, no problems. I get it. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my two time yeah. MVP shit. Yeah. But if you guys don't play together and you are in a in a nine or a ten man unit, man, you need all the time together. You need the time together. And they've just pissed away two great opportunities in a sort of um, a nice window. True, man. All right, that's probably about enough soccer. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs as we sit here right now. Uh, we are getting ready to drop the puck on game three between the Lightning and Rangers. That series is 2 nothing Rangers. Perhaps more interesting is the uh, Oilers being down 3 nothing to Colorado. Um, I don't know. Take it from here, man. You, uh, you haven't been in in a while. What do you see and what do you like? What do you don't like? What do you uh, make a note of? Handing it right over to Rob. Yep. Um, yeah, I haven't been on since pre-playoffs, so I want to personally thank the Toronto Maple Leafs for like, honestly, first and foremost, nice. Um, that series against Tampa Bay 
it's it's no it's no it's no um, no secret. I'm a Senators fan, and that is my number one viewing option. But I have found in the in the five years that the Senators have not been in the playoffs, and counting the Le- yeah, and counting for sure. The Leafs have absolutely, in probably an unhealthy way, have been a fixation for me. There were there were times in that first round when the Leafs would win, and I would feel bad, like just like I would it, it would ruin my evening. And so, some would say that's not healthy, mm-hmm. um, and they would be one hundred percent correct. But guys got a nice back deck and barbecue and a pool and yeah, I know cheering for other people to be uh, unhappy. Yes, <laughs> I, I, guilty as charged, Matt. <laughs> guilty as charged. Um, and and it was I listened to your um, I, I listened to some of your Matt and Maddie's manic maple leaf musings. Did mm-hmm. I get that right? Yep. Uh, some of it I, I could only take in about five minutes because there was too much glee, too much joy. Couldn't handle too much of that. Um, more of the shows were the least lost. Um, but it, it, I, I, I'm left with the same thing you guys are left with at the end of it and say, I'm not sure what more the Leafs could have done. To win, right? Uh, it, there was nothing bad that happened. There was nothing, and you just sort of go fuck. And then, especially after they, the lightning went on and wrecked the Florida. Panthers, yeah. And you're like, man, that is that is that opportunity where you're like, I, yeah, uh, last year Montreal was the opportunity, and no, no, this no, year I, the door. No, yeah, it was harder. It was you for sure harder. Lived up to that, but you didn't, and I—it's. Uh, I know, I know, and and really, <sighs> what I wanted to say here was, yeah, Ottawa's getting better. I have no guarantees they'll make the playoffs next year, but the Leafs have filled that void for me, in a, in a, in in a inverted kind of way, right? That it's been, and and since the Leafs are gone, call it what you want. My interest has lessened. Like yeah, that's unhealthy, man. Of course, it's unhealthy, <laughs> man. But you know what? That's it's it's every year. So with the Oilers, let's let's fast forward now. Let's let's talk about the series that are actually yeah, occurring. Yeah. No, I, I, no. All I'm saying is is it's so fascinating, and it happens every year. Like that 2017 year when Ottawa was the only team to make the playoffs with a negative goals for and against differential, right. and went and went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And you go six or seven overtime wins and shit just sort of breaks the right way for you. It's it's the Oilers. The they get smoked in every game one, and you're like But the, one of the things that's a weird difference here is I did not I don't even remember who Ottawa played in the first two rounds. Was Montreal the first round? Or Boston was that earlier? Okay. And the Rangers. I don't remember having this dire need to see Ottawa lose until until Overtime of Game 7 of the conference final, it dawned on me, I got this fucker who's going to be sitting across the table in studio tomorrow who's going to be insufferable if the Senators make the finals again, right? Yeah. I, I didn't have this, I must see Ottawa lose. Yeah. Like this lusty... Yeah, yeah. And it has nothing to do... 
Well, it it has something to do with you, but, <laughs> but it doesn't have. It's 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 the Leaf fan base and the angst and the grief as a whole, right? It is, and and I've said it, man. I go back to the mid '80s, early '80s as a Wings fan with the Wings and the Leafs in the Norris Division. Yeah, like I've hated those fuckers. For 40 years. Old school hater. Yeah. Hater from long, way back. Long time. <laughs> and so it's it's just, it's this love of of seeing bad things happen. And yeah, uh, you can call it what you want. Little brother. All those things. I don't care. It is, you just love to see that happen. And and, and sports to me is so much about that. Yeah. Um, And now with Edmonton in the final four. So let's do that. Yeah. There will be tons of time to yeah, for sure there tap will. dance on the Leafs. And, and, and so it and, comes and down, no, and really what I wanted to talk about there was not so much about the the Leafs not making it past round one again, but about my unhealthy <laughs> desire to see that continue. And I know it can't. It can't continue forever. It might. It, <laughs> I'm not as convinced. It, it, it just can't, right, with the right. talent they have. And if you look at the Capitals, the Blues, Whoever it may be, right, where you go, ah, I've got this core, I'm going to cycle around, and we're going to keep going forward, right? right? There's also the Sharks, and there's also the Senators. Yeah. As, as, as The Senators you've got lumped in with the Sharks as uh Well, I look at the Senators as a 10-year, a decade of- Oh, much earlier, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, okay. yeah. Fair enough, yes. And, and you go, that team was so good, including yes. a President's Trophy, yep. yet a couple of Eastern Conference Finals, a, a Cup Final. sometimes but, doesn't happen for but you. But no wins. Right. So and far, Nashville, right? They had a good yep. run. And so there the are those level, options, right? Where yeah, Vancouver, yeah. Yeah. The, in, in, uh, a couple presidents. In the Bertuzzi's, the team. Oh, Morrison's. I was even thinking later, but yeah. It's, anyway. Um, but so Edmonton, and it brings up this argument of every year when it comes down to, well, they're the last Canadian team and they're in the final four. Yep. Are they Canada's team? And no, they're not my team. I, I just, I don't, I, I love the McDavid story. You love the talent, but I'm I got to tell I'm, you, I didn't realize I had a rooting interest in this series, despite the blowback I get all the time for being so anti Edmonton. Yeah. I did not know I had a rooting interest in this series until the JT Comfort goal uh, on Saturday night. And you were happy or sad? When he scored. Yes. I loudly cheered. Okay. Come on, man. It, it's, I, it, it was the. It, I, I believe it was uh, Bouchard who yeah, hit, hit the post. post. Yeah. And then Comfort comes out of the box. And it was the play he's coming. He's making, like, it's not a clear-cut break, but he just kind of shoves Bouchard off him. Like, get away from me. And then Kid. scores. Wow. And you're just like, wow. And there was something about that that made me very happy, right? And part of it okay. is... That should not have scored, though, that No, game. it was terrible. And I think that's as much, and I had that on Twitter. I said... I didn't realize until just now I had a rooting interest in this series. And I think as much as anything else, it was Mike Smith reminding everybody, I'm still Mike Smith. And he's <sighs> he's one of these guys who's almost the inverse of top-end goaltenders. And in, not in a way that makes him awful, although sometimes it's aw- He makes saves. You go, oh my God, how did you get to that? Yeah. But the goals he allows, you're like, ew, yeah. what are you doing? How does that get through? Like it... Just kind of shit squeaking through on the short side. Yeah, no other or goalie, no pads. other goalie wins games in the NHL playoffs 
allowing a 154-foot no, snapshot. No, that doesn't happen. That's yeah. only Mike Smith <laughs> right. does that happen to. And he's going to finish this when they, whether they get swept or it takes a little longer than that. He will finish these playoffs with one of the most baffling 920 save percentages you've ever seen. In and life. the starting goalie for the Oilers next year. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Hey, am I right or am I wrong? No, with you're that? right about that. I don't. And so. I got all kinds of Oilers fans in my Twitter mentions going, Mike Smith's ruining my childhood dreams. Ken Holland is ruining your childhood yeah. dreams. Well, and, some, and somebody said, Mike Smith is ruining every, you know, the next 15 years of Alberta goalies. <laughs> They're all going to go, I want to play like him. I want to do that thing where I swing my glove wildly at the puck and jump at it and try, you know, try and look like a young Chechmanic so, and headbutt so, yeah. and whatever's going to happen. We here. know where the next Canadian goaltending factory won't be. <laughs> yeah, it's in Northern Alberta. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's funny because I felt like when the third round started, that I, I wanted Edmonton to win. I felt like the... Mc- I was sort of there too, I, I thought. The McDavid thing, I'm like, yep. you have, show me a generational talent, whether it be, you know, the Gretzky, the Lemieux. Um, or. The, the Crosby, right? That don't that don't win a Stanley Cup. And, and don't win a Stanley Cup early. Right. And so now I guess Lemieux is seven or eight years into his career when he wins it. But you're like... I'll allow it. Usually that that kind of talent cannot be denied. And right. then you throw a dry sidle in there with it. Mm-hmm. Whether that be your, you know, Francis Yager or your Messier, what you know, you need a nice sidekick, right? Or your Malkin to your Crosby, yep. right? These these sorts of greats with their with their with their duos. Mm-hmm. But I just can't, I just don't find myself cheering for the Oilers. And 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 it, it is most Canadian fans, I think, as a whole. Don't want to see. We a, don't do this. No. No real Cana- like real hockey fans don't want to see the other guy. The other guys do well, no. and, I, and to me, we've talked about it before. If it was the if it was the Jets, I don't know, man. The Jets to me, I got hard on the Calgary bandwagon in 04. because that meant nothing to me in terms of a. And I think Calgary for me is the other team. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, yeah. I don't have this. Like I'm, I'm in the, uh, the game is on last night. I'm sort of watching or on Saturday night. I'm watching, I got episode one of season four of Stranger Things is going. <laughs> so I sort of watch the beginning. I, I, I see the episode one. I come back and I'm watching the third period and, and I'm in the washroom brushing my teeth, but the TV's on in the bedroom. And yeah. I'm like, what is that? What are the Oilers riffraff <laughs> jeering about now? Right? Like what Oiler guy has tripped and fallen and. And they're cheering or jeering for a penalty that isn't deserved. And so, yeah, I find myself clearly not able to get past the fan base. I think part of, that is part of it for for me as well, is because most, not all, most reasonable Leaf fans will tell you Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. But you get tired of seeing every time he does something, Oilers Twitter go, Matthews could never. You're like, okay. Got it, right? Like, Yeah, different players. Yeah. And so there is a part of me that's like, good, why don't you just go down in flames again and whatever. Now you've made it two rounds further than my fucking guy did, so power to you. But it makes it hard. You're my boy, Blue! (laughs) There's certain elements of it that, you know, if you're going to sit there and also tell me that Leon Dreisaitl is also miles superior to Austin Matthews, and then you're going to ignore the statistic that without... Connor McDavid on the ice with him this year. He has been on for nine against and one four. I get it. He's hurt, 
that's not very good, right? Like, yeah, there's got to be a limit here somewhere. And Darnell Nurse again, that guy is clearly hurt. Oh, he, like he's you're gonna find he's got up. an ACL or an MCL issue. There. He's been on the ice for eleven of Colorado's last twelve against. Yeah. That's brutal. And I get it. He's yeah. better than that. Yeah, he is. But. Like they're fucked right now. It's it goes beyond being down three nothing, where you're always fucked. But to Colorado, oh, you're fucked with, with some of your top guys that beat up. I I came into this series like you, going, ah, you know, Colorado's fun to watch. I like Kale McCarr. I wouldn't mind seeing Connor McDavid play in a Cup final. Let's see what that looks like. But yeah, at some point, it became clear to me. I guess I'm sure for well, Colorado, and, as a diehard hockey Canada guy, <laughs> as we both are, yeah. I think my favorite Av may be Gabe Landeskog. I, to me, there's something about that guy who... Took a hard dive at the end of the third there last night. Right? Yeah, but to me, he, he's going to... He'll fight you. Yep. He'll score. He'll yep. kill a penalty. He'll do... Like, to me, he's He'll a sign sweet, a contract that drives your number one goalie out. Yeah. <laughs> who, as it turns out, that's a great thing. Yeah, it turns out I was all right. Yeah. Um, Colorado's down to their third... I, and maybe he knew that. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's, let's give, get rid of this fucking Let's give guy. the kitchen, the former kitchen arranger a little credit there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's something he knew that we didn't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. In, in between Rantanen and Makar. Oh, I and, like how they've split that up a bit too, eh? For sure. Yeah, with Rantanen playing with Kadri now and then McKinnon with... Hey, uh, how about how about Kadri getting Kadri? Fuck. Hey, that's like, in terms of, that is an ugly... Tim Peel on Twitter would tell you that's karma. And then he would quickly delete that tweet. And then yeah. he would quickly understand why NHL refereeing the way it is the way it is. Yeah. Well, and, and Tim Peel, though, it's it's funny. He was on Ottawa Radio last week. Yeah, he likes it right now. He's a big celeb. He's... And, and, and they introduced him as, I don't know, they, they introduced him as... The Kadri suspender. <laughs> or the Kadri or the, or the lover or whatever okay, it was. Yeah. And he came on and he did not touch it, didn't yeah. reference it. Yeah. And so, now clearly of all people, Tim Peel understands. He said it on local radio. Ah, uh, clearly I have a problem with an open mic. So he, clearly. He, he's not backing away from it, but I, I haven't heard yet. I checked prior to showing up here today to see if there's any kind of suspension Still for Still hadn't been any update. But no. that, Speaking of reputation. That is going to be extremely interesting, right? That whole... Hey man, you're fucking seven or eight feet from the boards and you blast them in the, yep. bam, that is an I ugly hit. I don't expect hit. to see anything. That is an ugly, ugly hit. Yeah. Well, anytime it's five, you got to know it's getting, it's getting looked at. I almost go the opposite way where they go. Oh, five, you missed the game. Five was a severe punishment. That's fine. That's enough. Whereas if it gets away with it on the ice, they sometimes then hit you a little harder. Right? Okay. What do you think of the, uh, over in the East, man? Uh, this will be out of date by the time people hear it, but I was surprised New York was up 2 nothing to me, and this goes back to the Leafs a little bit, and, and there is certainly some bias when I say this. Tampa's road has gotten easier each round, in my opinion, until they got to New York here, which I thought would have been yep. short of Shesterkin. You know, not a walkover, but easy enough, and they find themselves down 2 nothing. Uh Braden Point certainly hurts, but man, that... Uh, Zabinajad looks incredible. Fox looks unbelievable. Jacob Truba's just elbowing people all the way through the... <laughs> He's turned out to be under the radar dirty. For man. sure, man. Like, just cross... Just just concussing people all the way to the final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right. Well, he's got a wife who's a nurse, and they, you know. Well, they then can, I guess she'll help them. I, I don't doctor. know. Doctor, sorry, doctor. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't want to insult anybody I there, do but not. You know what? It the Rangers have become kind of fun, and and maybe part of that for me. I don't like Carolina, but I certainly thought they were better than New York. I thought they would win that series. Uh, so I was sort of rooting for New York there, and obviously I'm not thrilled with Tampa right now after punting out my team. So I I do again sort of find myself on the New York seeing you bandwagon and, there, and, and you find the uh, with with and it's it's funny. It's Point is such a good player, mm-hmm. right? And he does it all, almost like Nick Paul. Nick Paul does it all. I'm I'm familiar with the yeah the phenomena, um, but you're now seeing that. <sighs> That depth mm-hmm. that that they were that they were clamoring for, and you go all of a sudden, what used to be with the Perry, Colleton, you know, uh, oh, Tampa, you mean Belmar, yeah, yeah. Belmar, in, in, Perry, in, in, and, yeah, but in uh, terms of their uh, in terms of their depth, the their line. bottom six scoring, right? You're like, hey, look at that, that's Ball, awesome, Colton, yeah, and, and then uh, now and now Bagel. you look at it and go, no. it's it's. You Hegel. can't you can't have that be your leading scorers, right? Nope. When you when you come when it comes down to it and you're like, oh, we lost six two and we Cooch lost. Cooch is fucked up, right? The whole thing looks not great. And 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 coming into the series, they're like, oh, look at all the shot blocking, look at all this, and guys going to the dressing room and coming back yes. and they're selling out. Shots <laughs> to the face and coming yeah. back. <laughs> and and you're just it it it's but like through the Toronto series, especially late, Kucherov looked hurt. Looked that, like something was up, and then it's sort of because they rolled Florida so easy, you went, well, maybe he's fine. Maybe yeah. well, and I think I think you look at at how hard it was, and and it, and it's worth noting. And I didn't say it earlier. Toronto was the better team in that first round. I know. I know. Hey, check the scoreboard. But when you look at it, and you went for large periods, man, I think the Leafs were the better team. And so, yep. when it comes through, and then they feels they, good. What's that? Feels good. Yeah. It, it, I'm sure that'll help you. Big the, moral victory. I'm sure that'll help you those. through the summer, and you know nobody fun. loves a moral victory like a Leaf fan. <laughs> so I, I think even those have sort of grown old and tired, right? Um, but it's it's that I think the idea that the Panthers and the Oilers and any of these teams who are built on offensive chances and the best defense is a good offense, mm. and maybe maybe Colorado is in that is in that category too. Um, well, not to the same extent Edmonton is apparently. No. And and if you look at it last night or Saturday night was, you're like, they're fucked. They're getting swept now. Yeah. It's, if, if it's not, it'll be the gentleman's sweep in yes. five games. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you, when you go from allowing eight goals, I've allowed four goals. So I cut my goals against in half. Yeah. But I scored none. Oh. And then the next game, my goalie makes, I don't know, 40 saves, whatever it was. And we still lose, and you're like, "Oof, that is." I don't know if we can beat these guys. Bam! That's a backbreaker right there. And I'm at home, and the fans are jacked, and we score 38 seconds. Didn't that in. stand out to you? You said you were flipping between that Edmonton crowd can be very loud and very intimate. They were not like they were nervous to me. But, yeah, that. but to me, the Oilers fans and the fan base, as much as I find them to be, you know, they are they are a Good fan yeah, base. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. But I, I, that was much quieter than I expected. Maybe, you know, once Colorado took the game away, what are you supposed to cheer about? I, I don't know. But yeah, like when they score in the first minute there, obviously the place goes just Upside nuts. Down. Yeah. 
But then you uh, you have that Evander Kane hit, which puts you shorthanded for five minutes. You kill it off. But and like, then two minutes. And yeah. then two minutes. And then it just felt like they slowly got taken out. Uh, that was not as loud as I expected that crowd to be. Yeah. And, and maybe the, it was just too tense. I, well, I, I think the crowd came into it, fired up. You get the goal and it's revving, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's the RPMs. The needle is high. Yep. Bam. Five minute major. Then you're looking at seven minutes down. Then you're looking at nine minutes down. It's the kill. It's the kill. It's the kill. And you're always, your asshole is puckered. (laughs) Right? Like you're just. You can't get to the beer stand because they're selling those concourse only tickets and those fuckers (laughs) are in your way. And shit's going to happen, right? You're like, oh my God, man. Kill, kill, yeah. and, and you're you're on you're on the edge, and and so you, you can't go for a beer, anyways, man. No, At that point, true. you're like nobody goes on a power play or on a penalty kill, never. Yeah. Um, the vets go about three minutes before the intermission, yep. right? You'd want to get out there before the hit the head, and the riff raff, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you've invited extra riff raff in. Yeah, you're in my way. Well, <laughs> hey, and the Western correspondent's telling me he's like, and they're charging like double what they did. From pre-pandemic. Yeah, he texted me when the power's out. He's like, you could probably get a flight out here. They got phone chargers on the concourse. <laughs> Man, yeah. might be cheaper than a hotel well, here in Ottawa right for now. For sure it would be. For sure it would be. And, and, it, and it comes down to, it's, it's you know, this idea of, oh, we want to bring in fans. And, and they're so starved, man. And the, and, and the Oilers fans, as I've said, have, have, have been... Full force, man. They've been... Yeah, and they've been through some shit. For sure. This decade of darkness, they like to call it. Um, But... I just... It's not a criticism. It was just quieter than I expected. Maybe it was the nature of the game. Well, to me, it's it's, it's tentative. And... and That's all it was. And and I think where I was going with this was, in terms of a third round, when you have perhaps the defending... Two-time defending Stanley Cup champions being air quotes, the least talented or offensive, like everybody else on. Got them behind New York, eh? Well, not in terms of talent. I would take, I, I took, I took them to beat the, the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I still would, would take them with point to take the Rangers. Right. But the Rangers being a team that is pin your ears back and go. Right. And they got that, whatever they're calling it, kid line, youth line there with Kako and Lafreniere and, and. Who's been way better in the playoffs. Cheadle. Yeah. It's. Cheadle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. That's been an interesting one too, man. And I, I just, I wonder. But if, where I was going with this was all right. with all the talent on, on the teams that are there, I've probably been as checked out on this third round. Hmm. Right. Like the Rangers should have lost. To the Penguins in round one, right? With a healthy Crosby and they, that, they don't even yeah. make it out of round no, one. No, you're right. If, if Truba doesn't blow up Crosby's head, then maybe this doesn't get as far as it does. I thought it was interesting out of the second round that the least interesting series was the only one that went seven, right? The, the Carolina, New York goes seven games. I'm interested in the Battle of Florida. I'm interested in the Battle of Alberta. And honestly, I thought St. Louis had a chance to make it interesting with Colorado, and they did not. Um, But to have New York, Carolina go seven and you just sort of be indifferent to it was sort of a bit of a letdown. And and so to get here now, look, you said the last time you were in here when 
you know, Edmonton and LA were duking it out and whatever. Like, yeah, it's a shit division. Like, we'll see what happens when you get out of it. And we're seeing it now, right? That that was not a good Pacific division. And the best team may not have made the playoffs. Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see next year. I think that'll be an interesting. They're going to have to find a way this summer to clear <laughs> some cap space, but that'll <laughs> yes, be interesting. They will. But uh, yeah, to me, Colorado has been probably the best team all year, but everybody kind of went, and rightfully so. Let's see what happens in that second round, right? The Leafs' first round. Let's see what happens in that second round. Can they get through it? And when I look at what's happening right now, maybe Tampa, if they could get out of this hole, but I don't see any of the teams remaining being able to hold down this average team. That's how it should go, man. I, I just think this Colorado team is heads and shoulders head and shoulders the best team left in the this final four yeah and if you look at that carolina team on their third string goalie yeah and they're just their complete inability it's shocking right that they couldn't win a road game <clears throat> they set a record at six road losses in a row and it's a record because normally if you lose that many yeah. you're eliminated but you just kept winning at home they couldn't score right, right? and and if you look at that that idea of, um, oh, what the hell's his name, man? The uh, the Russian. Oh, oh, Mr. Svechnikov. Svechnikov, thank you. I was going to say the guy got punched out by Ovechkin <laughs> a couple years ago in the playoffs. Yes. Svechnikov being El 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 Stinko Grande, <laughs> um, in the playoffs. Just when you are already challenged. Right, just how those teams like St. Louis and Carolina, like St. Louis had what nine twenty goal scorers, yeah, you would, deep as and shit, you go, man. yeah, well, great, you can't shut down anybody, but then you're like, yeah, but we have no dominant scorers, no, have no forty goal guy that's just going to run over you, the guy who's going to score, yeah. the guy's going to score regardless, and go, yeah, okay, he's got uh, defensive deficiencies, blah blah blah, but he's going to score, yeah, he's going to score. We call him the Austin Matthews. Hmm. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. He doesn't have defensive deficiencies, but I'm just saying it's the guy who's going to score. Yep. The guy who's going to score, you can't, you can count on that like clockwork. And and Carolina just didn't have it, right? Great coaching. Yep. Uh, I'm sure Leaf fans Great will look defense. at it. Leaf fans will look at it and go, yeah, that's playoff Freddie Anderson. Didn't play, didn't but because play. he didn't play because he's not healthy. Yeah, I don't. Leaf fans are aware he didn't. That's that's more the thing. Leaf no, fans are aware. I, no, and that's what I'm saying is is you're like where are the, you? Because right. with the Vezina with the Vezina candidacy, yeah, right. People are like, oh, okay, look at that fucking Leaf say he should have. Too bad you didn't have that. And you're like, yeah, but I didn't have it when I needed it, and neither did Carolina. Well, this is also the conversation we're hearing all of a sudden out of Edmonton about Zach Hyman. Bet you wish you'd have kept that guy. No one said Zach Hyman sucked. Yeah. What you said was, I'm not signing him for oh, seven more years. Uh, and, like, and see, what I, what I, what I love to hear. And, and Mark Spector's like, put that guy second line center. That'll fix your problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do it then. Fine. No. Awesome. And, and, and what I love, what I love most is, is this notion that if, you know, if you look at the Tavares, Matthews, Marner, if they all took one and a half million dollars less. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. You could have a line of Brown, Hyman, and Caudry. Wouldn't that be great? And you're like, yeah, fuck, man, that would be awesome. Who wouldn't love to have that? Sure. But we don't. That's not the way it works. And it doesn't <laughs> go that way. And you go, yeah, those guys are all great, and they're all doing it elsewhere. Yep. And, and Hyman has been... He's been very good, man. Uh, the first two rounds, he was underrated. Yeah. Super good. Yep. And so, but yeah, 
He no does. one said though we let him leave Toronto because he sucked. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no. I, 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 <laughs> it's it's it. You know the the cadre for Barry and that's the one that looks worse right? than whatever. Like I, I, you know how I feel about Connor Brown. I'd love to keep that guy. He was fourth on your depth chart at right wing. You can't pay that guy whatever it was two and a half million at the time. He's got to go. Which like, is too bad though. Yeah. 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 You know that. Yeah, so ginger. You got to have a ginger. Everyone's got to have a couple gingers. Uh, anything else for this one, man? Uh, I feel like I have so much more to give, Matt. Oh. But no, I really got to pee. And, All right. And it's, <laughs> you know. It's good to have you back, man. It's good to be here. And honestly, it's, it's, it's nice to be in studio. Yeah. I wish there was a little fucking air conditioning. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're working on it. One first world luxury at a time. We're happy to have the lights on. I okay. can do my own laundry in my house. We're just happy to have the lights back on. Supposedly the AC will be back oh, on wait, by Tuesday okay, or Wednesday. Wait. wait. Oh, all right. How do you feel about the trade rumor that says. Is this, uh, is this Steve Bunda's <laughs> trading Mitch Marner? Yes. <laughs> okay. For who though? I can't remember what 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 a bundle. You didn't say. have anybody. You just said I'd trade that guy. I know you're going to have you Bunda, Marner, and Marner's dad. We're yeah, all going to be, be in great. studio. Yes. Uh, no, this was this was Mitch Marner for Spencer Knight. Straight up. No, stop. <laughs> That's the end of that conversation. We're not doing it. It's a, I heard it, man. It's it's out there. It's in the ether. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of stuff in the ether. <laughs> All right. All right. That may be the four pint show or the. Did, the, uh, yeah. Where'd you find the fourth sitting over there? In the oh, last two minutes? Sorry. It's, it was, it was the, the, the pre pint. What was the, uh, I know we were supposed to tag it on to something else. Dustin Johnson is apparently more interested in golfing in Saudi Arabia than, uh, than and, at the Canadian and, and Open. Really, really, it was, I just wanted your take on. Well, set the table for us here because I don't totally follow this because there are some golfers who are in trouble with the PGA because. The Saudis are offering butt tons of money yeah. to come golf in the desert, I guess. Uh, well, no, the, this first tournament, which is this weekend, is in England. Oh, it's a sponsored by the Saudis. It's it's sponsored. It's it's totally backed by the Saudis. It's called the Live Tour, okay. but it's LIV, which is the Roman numerals for 54, because they only play 54 holes, not the 72 that the PGA plays. Right. So it's not that... Journalist Khashoggi should have been able to live. That's not what they're driving it's at. It's not that it's okay and cool to you, kill and chop up yeah. people. When you win the tournament, you get the green bone saw. That's not what they're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's wrong on so many levels, Matt. The Saudis are not good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's this idea that the PGA has come out and said, please can, don't work with them. Yeah. You do not get to play on both tours, right? You were either on the bus or you're under the bus. Right. And so most guys have towed the line, right? The money is going to be bigger yep. on, on this live tour because there's fewer participants. There's no cuts. And they're paying you an appearance fee okay. as opposed to a winning See, this fee. is, this is, so the winning money, the, the pot is going to be greater for those who participate. Right. But you got Phil Mickelson out there saying, you know, drunkenly saying these are bad motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, doing whatever, right? We should get him on the show. Actually. Oh yeah. Uh, couple of pints. Come on on lefty. It's yeah, going to be great. Ex- exactly. <laughs> I, I also have a pizza box vertical. <laughs> get in line. Um, you have Greg Norman saying, you know, when asked about the Saudis and, and, you know, 
killing people and <laughs> and him saying, "Oh, we all we all make mistakes and we learn." Oh my god, them. I saw that. And you're like, "Are you kidding me?" I jaywalked once and yeah. I, I learned from it. Oops. Um, but yeah, that's a bad take. And so when it comes down to, there was really nobody else. There was some washed up kind of. Um, but this all stems from this the prince. Bin Salman or uh, trying to modernize Saudi Arabia. He's yep, been trying to bring big sure. concerts. He's been, honestly, the WWE goes twice a year. The MMA uh, for UFC is $50 million or whatever. And all of a sudden, Shawn Michaels, who says, I'll never wrestle again at 50 years old, is like $5 million bucks for one night. Yeah, I'll see you there, right? Yeah. Like, And this is now a golf thing. That How much Advil can I take down? Shawn Michaels, like, what happened, man? Like, what happened to your hair? Like, uh, hey, man, what happened? Hey, I got a birthday coming up. What happens to everybody's <laughs> hair? So they're trying to modernize. They're trying to, hey, we're fine. Look, we let women drive now. We're yeah. a modern country. Look at us. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that, for the most part, you have some Sergio Garcias, some sort of has Who mattered 15 years ago. Right, exactly. However. Mm-hmm. You got Dustin Johnson saying the great one's hey. son-in-law. Yeah, the great one's son-in-law and one of RBC's key sponsors yes. saying, I am not showing up at the RBC Canadian Open because I'm going to the first live tournament the bone show. Saw open. And you go, like, yeah, the, <laughs> the bone saw <laughs> open. Uh it's a good fellas reference <laughs> in here somewhere. I can almost see it. Um and then you find out that he's He's likely looking at between a hundred and a hundred and twenty-five million dollar appearance fee just to show up. And so my question is: Fuck you, RBC. Yeah, I'm at the Bone Saw well, Open too. Okay. And you find out, you know, Dustin Johnson as one of the best, yep. you know, top five for sure, yep. PGA players has made seventy-eight million in his career. You're you're willing to give me a hundred million? To show up Just this weekend? to show up. So my question to you, Matt, is mm. are you doing that? Yes. I will be at the Bonesaw Open. Yeah. And shanking I, and, it out into the... <laughs> yeah. Hard right! <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and, and and that's the thing, right? You had guys saying, like Rory McIlroy saying, I'm not going. The, the money is never going to be good enough because they are bad people. Yep. But I... And I, they are. I, I want... Yeah. I wonder if a hundred million. He's going to double his career earnings in one weekend. Yes, that's an awful lot to ask of to sh- to not show up at what Correct. the Oakville Golf and Country Club or wherever. Well, this all open, man. I think that's <laughs> I, I think that's <laughs> shut the show down. Let's yeah. get out of here. Yeah, it's not good. And like you said, he's being sponsored by the naming rights no owner longer. of the Canadian Golf Tournament. Yeah, no, they've been pulling his. The billboards and... And his pictures from everything. This is tied to Wayne and Pauline, too. Like, this is... Well, Wayne's a WHA, WHA guy, so... Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think that's about it, man. That's it. I Everybody... told you I got a P10 minutes ago. All right. Well, we'll then get out of here on this. Um, don't forget, later this week, the big boss man at TSN 1200, John Rodenberg, will be here. For Rob, my name's Matt. We'll catch you all next time. What the hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy? Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio.